Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Hey, welcome back to the Ambitious Motherhood Podcast. I am so excited about today's episode that I originally recorded on a live stream in the Ambitious Motherhood Facebook group with Alex Harrelson. And I wanted to turn this into a podcast because I think so many of the nuggets and wisdom that came out of our conversation are incredibly relevant to many of you that are listening here on the podcast today. So Come on into the conversation if we start to mention people who are hopping on live or questions that are being asked live, that is why, but definitely tune into what she refers to throughout as the shifts that her business and her mindset had to go through in order to transition from a successful six-figure VA business and turn that into a multiple six-figure digital marketing agency. All right, let's get to the episode. I'm so excited to have Alex here today. She is going to share with you her story of really going from maxed out, burnt out, kind of feeling crazed in her business, but still craving that next level of growth to sitting in a place where halfway through the year, we're on track to hit and exceed goals we set back in January. So Alex, I'm so excited to have you take a second and tell everybody who you are, what you do, what life and business looks like for you. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to be here. I am very much a talker, so I will try to shorten it as much as I possibly can. But a little bit of a background. So I think this is just a fun nugget of information. So I'm going to take you way back. Before I got married in 2016, I was running our family raw milk micro dairy. And we had an online farm and dairy supply business. And literally, my dad had just come to me one day and was like, hey, let's start this business. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. I had no idea what I was doing. So I just like spent the next six months trying to figure it all out. Basically, that's where my love of marketing and online world and all of that came from. So when I got married in 20, June of 2016, I was like, I, don't, I'm, I left the farm, didn't do that anymore. And I also was, I don't know, call it pride or whatever. I just didn't want to go to a nine to five. So I was like, oh, I'm going to start my own business. And I was kind of already doing a little bit of VA work and virtual assistant, if you don't know what a VA is. Um, I was like, well, let me see. I was writing articles for like $15 an article. And I had no idea. And the lady I was writing for was like, well, you know, if you're interested, I have some more tasks for you. And I can kind of introduce you to like virtual assistant world. And I was like, okay, didn't know what I was getting into. Within three months after that, I was making a full-time income. It was like doors just kept opening up and opening up and opening up. I was in 2016. And then fast forward to 2018, um, I had my son in December of 2018. And that's when I started to realize like I was... Most of the work I was doing was digital marketing anyways. And I, I kept thinking, okay, I'm about to have my son. Like Life is about to change. I need to figure out how to streamline this. So I decided, okay, I think I'm going to start a team, like growing a team and going more into an agency. That just didn't work out. And so I said, okay, pulled back the reins. And I was so burnt out because I had so much work, which was amazing. And it's a good problem to have. But I also was holding on to everything. Like I wasn't letting go of control of anything at all. And so then I was like, okay, now I really need to like 
puts his feet on it. It's like, this, something's got to change. I can't keep doing this with two kids now. And so then I decided, well, I started working with Katie and I kind of was like, okay, we're going to make this agency thing work. And I massively shift from virtual assistant. And now I own and operate a digital marketing agency and have a team and everything now. And that was like my big like shift. I was like, no more. I'm not going to do all the things. I don't need to do all the things. I don't need to be superwoman. When my son was born, I was like, I can do it all. Then he was born and I was like, I can't do it all. <laughs> so that is where I'm at now. That's kind of a little bit, there's so much more, but that's like the rundown short snippet version of where I'm at now. And so, yeah. Okay. So I know some of the stories, so I'm going to kind of pull out some of the nuggets, yes. but yes. let's compare postpartum with Davis versus postpartum with Evelyn. Yes, there is such a drastic difference. And so they're 13 months apart. Evelyn was, she was born in January. She was four weeks early. Everything was fine in the hospital. for So we got sent home after three days, came back for a jaundice check because she had some problems. And then she was failure to thrive. She had a very, very low temperature. She was at like 94.5, um, couldn't increase her temperature. So we ended up getting sent to the NICU for a week, just about. With Davis... He was just a really big baby. <laughs> so other than that, um, he was pretty much fine. He did have jaundice too. And we had to go back um, back and forth to the hospital a lot. But the main core difference when it came to work was two vastly different stories. And if you could tell me which one, if you if I asked you which one you thought would be the harder to bounce back to work, you probably say Evelyn because she was in the hospital and I was out of work and I was not ready for her to come. I had an induced date and everything set and my water just decided to break. And I was like, no, this can't, ha- this can't be happening. But Davis was bouncing back to work after his birth was by far the hardest because I was trying to do everything. So everything was on my shoulders. His birth, it was completely planned. We had an induced date. I knew I was going to go in at midnight on, when's he born? The 21st. And so I knew I was going in. I knew that I would be out for a week. And no matter how hard I planned, I still don't feel like I gave myself a break. So what happened was I ended up with PPD pretty bad after he was born. And it was just, I mean, his delivery was fine. He was fine. But I just couldn't juggle all of the things. When Evelyn came, I knew I didn't want to relive that. And so I started about three or four months, I guess, before she was due building a team, getting systems and processes in place. So I use Asana for my project management, training videos, Google Drive folders, task descriptions, everything. And when she came literally on the way to the hospital, I'm like, okay, guys, all hands on deck. Like I'm about to have a baby. And the sense of relief, because I was able to be there with her and not worrying about work. Because as the owner of your business, that's what you're going to do. You're going to worry about work. I didn't have to. And when I when I came back, I was able to come back when I was ready. I was able to do a little bit of work like here and there just because that's who I am and I wanted to do some stuff. But I didn't feel like I had the stress or pressure to do it with her because I had people in my corner hoping. And it was a night and day difference between her and Davis. And I know that was like the thing we always talked about on our coaching calls. I'd be like, I'm terrified of what's about to happen because I don't know. I can't, I literally cannot repeat what happened a year ago. But yeah, here we are. Yeah. And it worked out just fine. Yeah. And we designed it around you. We knew uh, like kind of how long you wanted to be out from mat leave. But we also knew that you were going to come up with some incredible ideas during this time because anytime you step away from the business, you have just such that influx. So we had plans for how we were going to like 
store those ideas and make sure that we didn't discount them, but also didn't like run to start enacting them with like this baby on the way and a whole new family dynamic. So I'm so proud of you, but I just want to give context to everybody that these are the shifts that have to start happening. Once you've hustled your booty off to six figures, you're hitting those $10,000 months. What got you there isn't going to be the thing that gets you to multi-six. And that is why, tell me if I'm right, that is why you were feeling that maxed out crazed, how do I even Mm -hmm. do this? It's not possible kind of a feeling this time last year. Yeah, so much. And I was I was at a point where I literally was working 24 hours a day. I mean, like, and I love to work. I am very entrepreneurial. I just, I love it. But I also love to work when I want to work. You know, I don't want to feel pressured into doing it. And I always have had this sense that I want to continue to grow my business. But I was at a point, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like it just, I, I was so burned out. I mean, it's not even funny looking back at how I was. Like, it's not even funny how burned out I was. Let's talk about, like, what would you, if you could define just one shift, what was that number one thing that really helped you to extra business and work less? Building a team, I have to say, even though I was terrified to do it, hiring help and outsourcing to people that I knew whatever task I was giving them was in their zone of genius. Because the people I have and the people I hired like what they do, they're so good at it. And that was the shift I was able to just say, and I was able to release and say, here you go. Yeah. Help me. Help me. Yeah. And let's talk about how it's been, it's been a process that releasing factor and it's still thing it's still a process that you're still working on releasing to this day. Yes. I struggle with um, trying to control every part of the business because at the end of the day, I, this is like my baby, right? This is what I grew and most of my business has referrals at this point and people come because they want to work with me. And I had to get out of my head of the fact that it's still okay to have people that help you with tasks because I'm the one training them in a specific way. And before I had like training modules and videos and systems that I knew when somebody new came on the team that they would do things the way I wanted it done... I was just a total hot mess about it because I thought, oh, they're going to come in and they're going to screw it all up. No, I had to completely shift how I thought about hiring anybody. And that was that was magical in itself. But yeah, I just seriously struggle with letting go of things. And I have to realize when I'm going through my Asana task list for the day, like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't need to be doing this. I have other things that I can be focusing on to better serve my clients. And to I'm very one-on-one with all of my clients. And so it's very important to me. That's something I'll never let go control of. But just to learn to ask for help and that there's no shame and saying, hey, can you do this? Can you help me with this? That's been the hardest part, like, yeah. hands down. Do you remember like the when we first started outsourcing some stuff and bringing on like that talented help? Do you remember the feeling around the money going out? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about this all the time. Oh, and I'm going to use what she told me. And it helped me so much. Because I remember, and I don't remember exactly how you said it, but I remember coming to you and we were talking about help. And I, and I just had this like sense of, I'm going to spend money and it's just going to disappear. And you were like, no, don't think of it like that. Think of it like your money's going out and it's acting, I think you said like as little soldiers working for you. And they're going to bring you back like two, three times as much because now you're open to better serve and show up and all of this stuff. And I had to totally shift because I was like, also controlling all the money. I was like, I want to keep it all. But then you have to realize that you can't keep it all because then you'll never grow. 
And then you'll never get to that next level in business if you don't have people helping you. So I had to learn that the money that I was spending on help and on my team, like I have no problem spending it now. I'm just like, here, take it. Because I know it's going out. Money soldiers going out. I know. It is. It is fun. They're like working. I'm like, see them like battling. (laughs) Like (laughs) It's so good. But now I'm definitely, I've definitely shifted to that point where I'm like, oh, I don't even care anymore. Like here, take all the money. (laughs) Take it. Because I know you're going to do an amazing job. And, you know, tip to the people that are listening, you hear that and you're like, cool, I need to go outsource. We can't just outsource without having some strategy behind it. Like we knew with Alex that if we took this task and handed it to somebody for this amount, that her spread would still be X dollars. And yeah. we knew that profit margin, which I just saw Katie Farrow's watching. And she's going to be happy that I'm talking about this because that was her zone. But yeah. it's important. It's important. But those the little money soldiers going out, it's a great visual to think about mm-hmm. as you are paying the people yeah. in your circle. It's so true. And like, you just have to think of them going out and working for you and bringing you something back. And at the end of the day, like that's what grows your business. And I can say like, that's definitely what's helped me grow to where I'm at now. So it's it's really cool to talk about it and like see how that shift has happened because it just happens and then you don't really think about it and you don't talk about it later. You're like, oh yeah, that just happened and I'm good now. There's so much, so much goodness in it. Yeah. Was there any mindset struggles that went around you not being the doer in your business anymore? Like you're not physically doing all the posting creation. You're stepping more into that visionary CEO role. Was there anything that went with that? Yeah, I fought it pretty hard because I didn't feel like I was a visionary. I always felt like I was just the doer because that's what I was told to do as a VA. That's what your job is to do the, do the, do like do the stuff, do all the stuff, (laughs) do the doing. And when I decided like, okay, I need to grow. I really realized that I am more of a visionary because I can sit back and I can look at people's businesses and see the holes that they need to fill. But when I was in it all the time, I wasn't able to see it because you're blinded by the task that you're doing and you're you're just overwhelmed with everything. But, but now I'm able to serve my existing clients and my new clients so much better because I can sit down with them and say, okay, this is what we need to do and this is what we need to fix. And I'm not sitting there like, I'm going to have to do it all myself. No, I'm just like, here, you guys help me with this. But this is what we're going to do to make your business like explode. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know how much of a visionary I was (laughs) until then. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you've given yourself and a lot of us struggle with this where we just don't even give ourselves permission. We're in the weeds, we're doing, doing the doing. And there's never yeah. an opportunity to really go up and dream in the clouds and say, right. hey, here's what I'm seeing yeah. that we can take to the next level. And you are a visionary. Yeah. My gosh. I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's so funny because I didn't even realize I was. And here I was working with all these visionaries. And now I'm like, wait a second. Like, this is why maybe this partnership didn't work out because I was like on the same... I wasn't wanting to do all the doing. I was wanting to say like, no, we need to do this. And we need to do this. And it wasn't working out for the role that I was hired in. And that's how you learn too. I mean, you just learn from being in it for... I mean, I was in it for three years before I even realized like, oh wait, I need to do some other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about the client fallout that can happen as you up-level your business. Yes. That's a hard one for me because I, again, like to hold on to everything. So I'm like, I'm going to hold on to all of you guys. And my... Retainer, 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 percentage, whatever. The word where, you know, you hold on to all your clients, whatever. That percentage is probably like 
96, 97%. I mean, I don't have a lot of client turnover. Um, but when I first made the shift from VA to digital marketing agency, I had a lot of clients that had hired me to be a VA. And I still work with a lot of those clients. But there were some that the services I had to offer now weren't fitting what they needed. They needed someone to just do do the doing, <laughs> like our term is. And for me, that was not where my like... I don't they were interested say, like, in the strategic partner was. side of Exactly. And, and so it just naturally ended up not being a good fit anymore. And it wasn't anything like a harsh breakup or anything like that. It was just like, I just don't think we're the best fit anymore. And that was really hard for me because I don't like to... I'm a very much like, I feel all the feels. And so I was like, really feeling like I had done something wrong for a while. And then I realized, no, it's just this natural shift that comes when I literally changed my business, honestly, and my business model and how I was serving and showing up for clients. And that is probably one of the other, probably maybe the second thing that I really had to get over because that was hard. But it, and your positioning shifted. It was, mm-hmm. it's the way I think about this is like in corporate, if you used to be peers with this person who is now your boss, that's kind of a way to feel it. There's going to be some, there could be some issue there. Friction. And it's mm-hmm. not friction. Yeah. It's not because of them or you, but just like things have evolved and they, you may not be the best player or for them and they might not be the best player for you. Right. And right. it was emotional because like, you got people pleaser in you just like I do. Right. So much. <laughs> and yeah. we want to serve. We have like that heart to serve. And so, um, as your avatar, your ideal client shifts, which it should, as you are continuing to evolve and upgrade and yeah. increase your prices, all that stuff's going to happen. There's going to be that natural fallout. And so the best questions, like I constantly would ask you is, is this person still an ideal client? They might've been yeah. a year ago. And they serve their purpose and we can have gratitude for that. But are they an ideal client today? Yeah. And that's where I had to realize my ideal client profile, it just completely changed because I started working with just a different type of business owner. And and I had to realize like, that's fine. That's totally okay. And I had to give myself the grace around like, it's okay to let it go. And there'll be something more beautiful coming around the next corner. And I have seen that definitely time and time again. So, but sometimes for me, especially I have to go through it and live it and say, Oh, that's why it happened. (laughs) It's almost like this comical vacuum for you where you where a client leaves and then it just fills with even more better fit. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's it's hilarious when I look at it and in the moment I'm like, ah, and then I'm realized like, Oh, like this is actually a good thing. (laughs) So I'll be okay. Yeah. Yes. So if you had to sum up how to step into your next level without sacrificing family, yourself, relationships, income, all that stuff in the process, what would you say? How to get to the next level without sacrificing. I mean, from personal experience, I would say don't be afraid to ask for help. That's one of the big things because I don't feel like you can get to the next level if you don't have help to do it. Um, Whether that's in the form of hiring a coach to tell you like, and call you out on your crap and be like, nah, we're not doing that. Or to have somebody do tasks that you know, there's always going to be stuff in your business that you don't like to do. So whether it's having someone do that or anything, it's just not being afraid to ask for help and realize that you need it. That I would say that was the number one takeaway I've had in the last year. Like 
I can't do all the things. Two years ago, I was like, I'm superwoman. I can do it all. Yeah. We don't need to. We don't need to. No. got to keep you in your power. Yes. Yes. So much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've told you that as like a mentor and a coach for you, that my, like one of my number one goals is keeping you in your power and in your, like this energetic strength that you have. Because if I can do that, I know that Alan, the kids, the family, but also the business is going to be thriving because of it. Yeah. Yes. And I have seen that so much. And just since Evelyn's six months now, since she was born, I have seen it so much of just being able to show up better because I have people in my corner to help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kara says, I want to read her comment. She says, this is totally yes. where I'm at in my own business, ready to grow, but there's only so much I can do. I never saw myself as a visionary until recently. And it's an exciting revelation. So exciting. And that's, it's so funny because we can be visionaries and not even know it. And we're like, wait a second, I'm actually in this role. Like, and then we just have to embrace all that it brings. Why do you think we, why do you think we uh, resist that? So I know this is totally personal, but I grew up with the word visionary being like a bad word, like, oh, he's such a visionary or she's such a visionary. And so when I got into business and people would say that about business owners, I had this preconceived notion that it was a bad thing. And now I'm like, it's not a bad thing. As long as you handle it. Because I think some sometimes, like I know for me, being a visionary, I can find myself trying to do all of the things and doing it now. Like I have this idea and this idea and this idea and we're going to do it all. And that's when you burn out and you max yourself out and you can't do that. But when you can handle it and say, okay, we're going to work on this now and maybe this in six months, maybe this in a year, but still having all those ideas. That's where like, I think the main difference is. But for me personally, it was definitely like these preconceived notions I was having from just how I was raised, like thinking, oh, visionaries are bad people. Like, no, no, they're not. (laughs) I'm one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this question from Ashley. She says, what's the first step for stepping into the visionary role? The first step. Oh, I think this really depends with where you're at. But for me, I had to get out of, not to reiterate, but I had to get out of doing the stuff. I had to realize because I have my best thoughts like in the shower or on the road or when I'm not working, really. That's when I have my best thoughts. After I have a baby and I'm in the hospital for three days, all the thoughts. So for me, I think you have to feel all of it and allow yourself to be like, okay with it and then embrace it. And that's however you feel like you're going to embrace it. And however, however that process looks like for you. But for me, it was just saying, okay, I know this is how I am, but I'm not going to be able to embrace it all unless I get rid of some of this other stuff. And so by being, by being able to pass all that off, then I was able to sit back and say, okay, now I'm going to just think like an artist for a couple hours and have all the ideas come to me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, how the so process I'll, worked for me. I'll say like, it, it, it's first of all, we don't have to super complicate this. Creating space. You just need a, a yes. space on your calendar. So at the very least, yeah. pop an hour block into your week in Google Calendar and protect that. Let's call it CEO time. And if you're like, Katie, what do I think about during that time? What do I do during that time? Here's like a new, a little thought hack that I've been noticing recently and doing myself, but you have ideas all the time. And instead of saying, I need to launch this, or I need to create this, turn it around into a question so that on your CEO time, you can even pop this into the notes on your Google calendar. So you remember what you're going to think about. Turn that statement into a question like, 
how can I help somebody achieve this transformation instead of I need to create a product to help this person, right? Ask yourself a question because the brain is super interesting where you're not going to be actively thinking about it, but your brain's going to be trying to solve it in the background. And so then you hop on that CEO time and you're like, balls to the wall. Is that even appropriate to say? <laughs> you know how to, you know exactly the ideas just start flowing and things can start getting creative. Yeah, I love that. And that's something I've had to do and just give myself space to be and to think and to not feel pressured all the time to do it all. And one thing I've had to do is give myself permission. I'm very much, I'm very spontaneous. So I'm very like, I'm going to think of doing something. I'm going to have it done in like two days. And that's how I ran my business for three years. And one of the big reasons I met, like burned out and maxed out. But I have to give myself that grace to know that if I have an idea, it's okay if it doesn't happen for six months. It's okay. Like I can start planning because the longer I wait and as long as I don't wait forever, but the longer I wait, the better it's going to be. And I'm not going to miss things. I'm not going to have mistakes and all of that. But it's been a big struggle in mine. Like, yeah. And I'm realizing this now. We don't have to say like specifically what the example was, but I remember when we first started working together, you had this goal of, of signing a very specific client for a very specific amount. And it was mm-hmm. all the how questions came up. How do I find this person? How do I speak to them? Why would they mm-hmm. even hire? Like all this stuff. Yeah. And we just kept on the path of like, what's the best right next step? Kind of Anna from Frozen 2 style. Like just take the next yes. right step. <laughs> And yeah. it's not surprising to me that just under a year later, that's happened for you. I know. I completely forgot about that goal. <laughs> just, I'm now remembering, I know what you're talking about. And I'm just like, oh, I completely forgot. And even to just look back at where I was in that mindset a year ago, thinking about that, I'm just like, wow, wow. Yeah. And it's, okay that it's taken a year because I needed that year to fine tune and adjust and get my mind in the right spot and my team in the right spot and all of those things. Here's the thing, like as a visionary, sometimes our ideas and our creations, they, they outrun us. Okay. So that's why I'm a big fan of journaling or keeping notebooks for years because ideas and thoughts I had two years ago might be insanely relevant today. And it's not uncommon for you to feel like you're way ahead of the game. That's why, I don't know if any of you guys have experienced that drop some kind of an emoji because the struggle is real. We feel like we're missing something, but really we're just, we're just super far ahead. Yeah. Yes. And that's, um, uh, yeah, I love that because oftentimes my ideas are far ahead of where I should be focusing on right now. I'm like, oh, we shouldn't do all of this. And then Katie's like, let's talk about that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> let's put it in an incubator. We're going to save it. And we're going to keep it here. It. It's all safe, but not right now. <laughs> yes. We yes. all need somebody like that, right? It's why coaches have coaches. Oh. And we do. And coaches yes, have grand coaches. Do. Let's talk about that. And grand coaches. <laughs> I, so I do some blog coaching for clients and I don't remember who it was, but it was one of my clients and I was talking about Katie to them and they were like, so that's like our grand coach. How cool. And I'm like, yeah. So we coined the term grand coaches. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like our grand clients and our grand coaches. <laughs> it's so funny and so true. And I've even told my coach and, he, and it's just, it's like the, the ripple effect right there. And I told somebody this week that I referred to one of my clients. I said, you're still going to get coaching from me. It's just going to be by way of her. And that's yeah. freaking exciting to me. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. It just all trickles down because there's definitely things that I've learned from you that I'm like, oh, we got to do this because this was a game changer for me. And it just, and I'm sure some of those things you've learned. And so it just all trickles down. And it's so funny how all that works. And yeah, I'm very much a proponent on coaches having coaches. Like, yes. It's a thing. It's so a thing. It's a thing. So <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> I love Ashley. She says, yes. <laughs> Add the avocado yes. emoji in there, Ashley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Uh, Diana says, what tricks have you discovered to keep you focused and productive in your day-to-day busy schedule? Being an entrepreneur, That's a mom, a and a wife. That's a great question. That's a really good question. So for me, it's time blocking. And I do right now, I'm in the season. I have two kids under the age of two. I have a 19-month-old and a six-month-old. And so a lot of it is nap time. Do my calls on it. I'm doing a lot of calls these days, and so which I love. But definitely trying to focus those around nap time and then time blocking. And being sure that I still time block time for my family. That's been a big thing. Because I think a lot of times we think of time blocking as for work. But for me, I know I need to say like, okay, at this time, it's going to be supper time or this time it's going to be bath time and bedtime or whatever. And just knowing that I still show up for my family, like that's the biggest thing for me personally. And then staying productive. It's kind of a mess for me these days because I've got kids running around everywhere. I would say my best tip is just to give yourself grace that if you don't finish up certain things on a certain day, it's okay. Like, don't beat yourself up too much. If your if your kids are having a bad day, if your husband needs you, just go be with them. Because oftentimes, I find like if I'm feeling myself like resentful, like oh, I should be working on this project and I'm having to spend time with my husband, like that's not the attitude we need to be in. And so, if I if I show up better and I'm like, oh yeah, let's let me go help you, let me go do whatever, and then I come back to work like full force, and that helps me actually stay productive. As crazy as it sounds. It helps me stay on top of things a lot better. Yeah. Hopefully that helps a little bit. Yeah. And like in terms of the task list, we're never going to finish it all. Right. And so the mindset I like to have Mm -hmm. is I am doing just (laughs) enough of what I need to do in the right moment to attract those who are meant to hear me and just be done. Like you're doing, you're just in time. Your marketing is just in time for the people that need to hear you right now. Yeah. Yeah. No stress. So true. So true. Just take that stress off of yourself. We don't, we tend to put a lot of stress on ourselves as entrepreneurs and just being able to say like, it's okay if it doesn't happen. That right there is the most freeing thing. There, like, there's really no words to describe it because you're just like, okay, like it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Yes. So I definitely want to give you a chance to drop some bombs on Pinterest and things that are working really well there because that is like one of your dynamite services that you have in your agency. Yes. So we do a lot of stuff and we specialize in Pinterest for in terms of like all the social media platforms. And right now, depending on your business, so we personally work with mostly people in the education field and food bloggers, totally different niches, niches, whatever. Somehow it's fallen into that. And but this can pretty much relate to anybody. We are in third quarter you need to start thinking about holiday stuff now, like now, yesterday now. That is like my number one tip for going into fourth quarter. I always feel like third is where we're just like, we just kind of like don't even care about third. We just like flip when we're like fast forwarding and fourth, especially this year. We're like, let's just get to 2021. But that is like the number one thing. So wherever you're at in Pinterest right now, and if you're not on Pinterest, 
please get on platform. It is a visual search engine. It's not a social media network. If you are not on there, you need to be consistent. Do need to have a strategy. You can't just throw stuff at the wall. Again, for the people in the back, it's not a be consistent. It's (laughs) It's it's not a a social media platform. It is a search engine. People are going to Pinterest to find recipes, education tips, crafts for their kids, how to be a better mom, whatever it is. People are going to Pinterest to find that information. Google, yes, is still very important. Organic search is very important. But people are so visual now because people don't want to read anymore. So they just go to see all the pictures. So if you're not on Pinterest, like get on there ASAP. And if you are, start prepping for fourth quarter because I truly believe, and it doesn't matter if you are in an e-commerce or retail space or just have a blog or a website. Fourth quarter is going to be one of the biggest fourth quarters we have ever seen because there are so many people online this year. And so if you really want to gain like traction and maximize your visibility, increase your revenue, like all those things, get on the platform. There's no oh, yeah. excuse for you to not. And if you're a coach or a consultant, <laughs> like we should start thinking about yes. Black Friday. Whether stores open yes. or not, Black Friday is still going to be a massive thing this year. It's going to be huge this year. And I think that's where the people that are going to do really well are going to do really well because they're prepping now. And you have to start prepping ahead. Pinterest takes about two to three months for anything to really start rolling in anyways. And so you need to start prepping now for... October, November, December, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all of those, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday, whatever other holidays there are, all of that you need to start prepping for now. And so it makes us because I'm outside on our back porch and it's like 120 degrees and that's why my hair looks like this. And so I'm like, I can't even think about Christmas or Thanksgiving or fall foods, but we have to. We have to do that. We have to. <laughs> Which is kind it. of nice. Yes. Well, let's, as we kind of wrap this up, unless you have any other thoughts, I would love for you to tell everybody how we can get connected with you, where we can chat more and all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can go to www.haroldsonmedia.com. That's our full website. Or you can, we have a Facebook page and an Instagram. It's Alexandria with an EA underscore Harrelson. And I'm on there. Instagram is my happy place. So I'm on there all the time. Send me a message. Send me a message here on Facebook. Pretty much anywhere. Just let me know. Are you taking a picture? I did. I just took a picture. (laughs) You kind of posed. Here, I'll I'll give you a chance. All right. Those of you watching, get out your phone, take a picture (laughs) and tag us on Instagram. Alexandria underscore Harrelson and at Katie Fleming. Yes. But it has been so good chatting with you. I am just so excited for this next level that this means because like every time you move up, there's a new level and a new thing. I know. So exciting. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. I am so excited that you got to hang out with us here today in your earbuds. And I want to help you get further connected into the Six Figure Ambitious Mom community. So head on over to katiefleming.co slash tribe for your own invite into the Six Figure Ambitious Motherhood community. I'll see you there.